So now that we've finished the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, I wanted to take two quick sessions here, studies, to just get us to think about what do we do now after we've read through the story of the Bible, we've talked through it through the first five books, foundational books to the Bible. Like, what's the value of rereading the story? Maybe you've seen movies that, that do this sort of thing where maybe there's like a, a scene that happens at the beginning of the movie, and then you'll have from one character's perspective, they'll kind of tell the story leading up to that scene. And then there'll be a second character and they'll tell the story up to that scene. And then a third character and they'll tell the story up to that scene. And you keep hearing the same story over and over again, but you start seeing new things every time. Maybe you've seen a movie like that. There's an animated one called Hoodwinked uh, that I like that, that follows that sort of plot. And each time that you re-watch the same story, you see it maybe from a different angle, you start getting more details, and it starts to make sense even more of what you saw at the very beginning. And, and I think there's some good comparison there with what happens when we reread the story. So up to this point, I've been walking just consecutively right through from Genesis to the end of Deuteronomy, maybe like a first time reader, just trying to see how things are developing. But now that we've gotten to this point, I want to emphasize the value of going back and rereading the story, or, or at least going back and thinking now through different themes that have come up to this point. You know, so, so things that maybe that this has been really important, take that theme and bring it all the way back to Genesis and run it all the way through up to the end of Deuteronomy. You'll be amazed at the kinds of connections and things you start to see. For example, what has been said in the Torah about the Spirit of God? This would be a good example, a good exercise. You could now, because you're familiar with the story of the Torah, go back and say, when did God first, when does it first start talking about God even having a spirit or this spirit of God? That's back in the second verse of the Bible. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. And then there was something in what Genesis 6, my spirit will not always strive with men. I'm going to bring judgment on them in the flood. And then you keep going and you see God's spirit coming on someone like, like Moses maybe, or, or coming on even someone who's going to construct parts of the tabernacle, the tent, to be able to be really skilled. We see God take some of the spirit that is on Moses and put it on the 70 elders so that more will be able to help carry the load. There was a story we didn't even uh, talk about where I think it's Joshua finds two guys who are prophesying by the Spirit outside of the camp or whatever, and he's like, Moses, you know what? go stop them. And Moses says something to Joshua. I think this is in Numbers 11. And he says, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all of God's people had God's Spirit. And so that implies that God's Spirit isn't on all of God's people, not in this way of empowering them. And, and, and maybe there's even more. 
about the Spirit of God. But my point is, now that you've developed your understanding of the story of the Torah, you can take a topic and you can kind of run back through the story. It helps you rehearse the story, but it also helps you gather your understanding of the Spirit of God, as one example, from the Bible itself through the stories of the Bible. So you could take something else. What about worship? I've been trying to highlight this along the way, but I mean, think about this. Go back in your mind through the story of the Torah and think about what the Bible has been revealing to us about God's desire for true worship. Hmm. Think about Cain and Abel from the very beginning. They knew they were supposed to offer sacrifices to the Lord from the very beginning. Noah gets off of the boat and he starts offering sacrifices to the Lord and worship to the Lord. But who's the first great worshiper in the Bible? The guy who, wherever he goes, he's building altars and calling on the name of the Lord. We think of a guy like Abraham. In fact, it's in the story of Abraham that we actually find the very first use of the word worship. Do you remember that? It was when Abraham says to his servants, I and the boy are going to go over to that mountain and we're going to worship the Lord there. The first use of worship in the Bible is about Abraham being willing to lay down his most precious gift for the Lord because he loves the Lord even more than his only son. So he's willing to offer his son to the Lord in faith that God can bring him back or do whatever God wants to do to fulfill his promises through Isaac. And he offers Isaac before God eventually, of course, spares him. But Abraham doesn't know that. And that's worship. But what about God's desire in the law for exclusive devotion? No other gods before me. Don't even make graven images. Oh, but then down at the bottom of the mountain, Aaron was leading the people into false worship. But maybe they were feasting to Yahweh, but it doesn't matter, right? Because God has the right to tell his people how to worship him. And so even if they thought the calf was somehow to Yahweh, to the true God, it doesn't matter because that was off limits. God has the right to tell his people how to worship. All of these things, and there's so much more through the Torah about the kind of worship that God wants of wholehearted love and obedience, exclusive devotion. My point is, take different topics and run them back through the story, and it shows you the value of rereading the Bible, maybe looking for these things, or at least of retelling the whole story by focusing on particular themes. I'll give you a few that maybe you could chase down. Uh, the easiest ones that I think would, uh, or easy way to think about this would be just to take the curses and the promise from Genesis 3, 14 through 19. Remember those? The curse on the land. I mean, think of how many famines there have been. The curse on relationship between a man and a woman. Oh, this is a sad one. Trace that through the Torah. The, the conflict between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent. I mean, think of Cain and Abel. Think of Egypt and Israel. Think about that. Or what about the challenge of having offspring at all? 
Think of how many barren women there have been, the attacks on offspring. And then think about the promise of a skull-crushing seed from the woman who will crush the head of the serpent, bring us back to the way things used to be. Try to retrace the steps of the Torah thinking about that promise. All of these things, I think, will help you to be able to grasp the story better, for it to sink down into your heart. You'll learn through this the value of the reread, and I think you'll grow to be able to tell the story of the Bible even more effectively.